Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to Startup Hustle. Today we have a bonus edition. We're going to answer some listener questions. How are you doing today, Matt? Pretty good. I have a lot of questions for you. Can you help fix my startup? I'm not going to answer your questions unless you post them on the Startup Hustle Facebook chat. So you're not going to answer my questions, <laughs> but I got to answer everybody else's? Yeah, that's right, because okay. those are the rules. So anyway, right. what we did, uh, oh, I don't know, a week or so ago is we asked the participants in the startup hustle chat which by the way if you're listening we'd really love to see you there um so we had a couple questions that i thought were uh warranted a response and the first came from senue montoya of dronequote.net now first off i want to thank this guy because he's probably been one of our most active participants in the startup hustle chat and he just really, I, I think this guy's got good stuff coming to him because he's, he's got a lot of hustle. A lot of getting a lot of good karma, got a lot of good hustle going on. I think so, man. He seems to like he wants to put in the work. So what he wanted some comments on were some of the things that entrepreneurs don't like to talk about. Like, and you know what? I think this is a great topic because, you know, I think a lot of us have doubts and feel the ups and downs. I think that's something you and I have talked enough about. What do you think, Matt? Well, you know that couch in your office that I regularly come in and I lay down and uh, you pretend to be my psychiatrist? Yeah. You're talking about that, right? Yeah. Because that's a real, real yeah, thing. No, that's a, that is definitely a real thing, and there's no doubt about that. And uh, when we're done recording this, can I uh, get a few minutes of your time on yeah. the couch? Yeah. Oh, that didn't sound good. That did sound a little <laughs> weird, but I will listen to all of your complaints. But so here's the thing that, that Sinue had talked about, and it's, you know, kind of the, you know, negative thoughts or self-doubt and even, you know, a feeling of sometimes that depressing feeling of needing to learn a whole lot. It's all really normal. Well, I think you don't know what you don't know, and you're you're fighting different battles every day. I mean, uh, and as your company goes from being a startup to growing and and hitting your you know those growth stages, all along those uh, different milestones, you're you're going to have to learn new things, right? I mean, I've I've got a business that's getting hundreds of new leads a, a month, but I'm trying now to get to more. How do I get to thousands of new leads, right? right? That's a whole different lever than when you're trying to get your first lead. I, I think one of the things, though, is, you know, when you jump and build wings and you've decided to do something entrepreneurial, you're, you're guaranteed to have some riveting life change, you know, not only from your personal schedule, but your finances. And, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, let's, we've discussed this before. The reality is, is you're probably not getting a giant bag of cash to start your completely non-existent concept. So you're going to go through a lot of stuff. And, you know, I don't think there's anything pleasant about watching the numbers in your bank account shrink. No. And I've, I've long said that I think entrepreneur is like French for meaning depressed all the time or something. Yeah. I, I, you know, my favorite band, Umphreys McGee has a line in a song that says, I'm well endowed with all the doubt I need. And I feel I feel that way a lot when it comes to, 
you know, what I do. And, you know, if you're not waking up in the middle of the night going, oh, shit, what have I done? Then you're probably not really doing something or you're probably not on the verge of doing something amazing. I think it's I think it's really common to do that. Have you had that that 3 a.m. wake up call, Matt? I, I, I think have. that might be a little bit of the litmus, litmus test of are the expectations set high enough or not, right? right? If your expectations are really high of like, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. You're going to have those moments where if you, if you aren't hustling that hard, you're like, shit's just kind of floating in the wind, then you're never going to get that way. Right. It's like, I don't know, just whatever kind of happens, happens. And you know, any, any early stage business and actually probably any stage business is ridden with moments of negativity. You know, things don't work. Um, I think we have come to the conclusion that no software fully works. Um, whether you're running a retail store or regardless of what you're doing, as a business owner, manager, anybody, you're dealing with, you know, the, the moments when people aren't happy about something or something isn't going right are usually going to stick out a little more than the times when things go well. It's, you know, you can have 99 things go well and then something blows up. And that's what you're going to oftentimes remember. Now, me personally, I've, I've had to train myself to not dwell on the negativity. And well, I think what you can't get hold, held up on is um, just making shit work. Yeah. I mean, m- there are a lot of successful companies that behind the scenes are held together with duct tape and bubble gum. Like and a little piece of kite string or something. Terrible yeah. processes, yeah. right? Like, but it, somehow or another, it just works. And that's one of the, the struggles of being a, a developer, an engineer, a startup, a business owner, all those things. Ideally, you want things to be perfect, but the truth is that shit's never perfect. It just either works or it doesn't. Yeah. I remember a long time ago when, you know, this was before I was doing my own thing and, you know, I was managing a section of 17 different retail stores. And I said to my, uh, to my boss, I said, man, I just can't get all these stores to go well at the same time. And he literally laughed out loud. He said, <laughs> you never will. You know, and, and that's, I think that's the same, I've, I've rolled with that experience, you know, down the road and just kind of realized that if everything is going well, you're probably not paying attention. Is that fair? Yeah. And so a good example of this, I just signed up for a product called Hull that we're using at Stackify that is really cool that we take all our customer data and put it in one place. So we can do some cool segmentation and all this stuff. And um, I signed up and it wasn't working the right way. And so I started beating on their support staff. I'm like, what the hell? Why am I paying for this shit? It doesn't work. And come to find out their developers decided to upgrade from one version of Node.js to the next version or something. Shit broke everywhere. And they didn't even know it. Yeah. Like I was the one who figured it out. Did you try to sell them Sacrifice? Yeah, that's that's a good question. We don't support Node.js yet. But um, (laughs) I told them like... Dude, am I like your freaking QA team? But you know what? They fixed it, and I'm still happy. Yeah. Right? I'm still their customer. I I just want the shit to work. I run into that with Gigabook. You know, people point stuff out. And, you know, the way that we approach it is we always say, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. It's feedback like this that helps us make this better. Well, and a lot of your biggest fans are also your biggest critics. Right. You just have to make it work, and they'll be happy. Yeah, and when you think about your clients, your customers, your users, and your employees— you know, they want things to go well. I mean, I don't think, you know, every now and then you got to turn the page on someone on that list that I just mentioned. And sometimes that's the healthy thing to do. Now, on a final note, in regards to the negativity, look, it's not productive. Um, 
you know, and I, everybody listening has heard, you know, bring me solutions, not problems. Yeah. So you got to really kind of turn the page on that. Um, you know, negative thought process is never going to win. And you just have to kind of catch yourself in those moments. And, you know, in, in my book, Balance Me, I actually talk about this and I use this concept that I call replacement. And you have to catch yourself in the moments where you're not doing productive things or you're having negative or self-limiting thoughts. And you have to start, you have to immediately replace those with thoughts that are productive or positive. So if you're telling yourself, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, you have to literally say, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. So, Except when you're at the Founders Club. Yeah, well, because that's where you have your beers and tears. Yeah, that's for afterward when reality sets in. Okay. We're just trying to set the thought process well, I, in a productive I, way. You know, a couple of things I want to add to this is you, you definitely don't want. So as an entrepreneur, it is stressful and you're going to have your ups and downs. There's no doubt about it. Right. But the last thing you want is to have negative people around you that are further dragging you yeah. down and yeah. kicking you while you're down. Right. So be that friends, a family or even more importantly, employees or co-founders, right? I have literally learned to eliminate people like that in my life at, at all costs, at all costs. Is that why you don't have any family? No, <laughs> my family's actually like actually pretty good about that. I'm well, just kidding. Some of them. I, I've eliminated some of my family for and that you know reason. What, and you know what? Sometimes that's what you got to do. Um, and you know, it is what it is. Well, anyway, let's uh, thank Senua Montoya and check out his site, dronequote.net. It's a pretty cool company. They uh, they uh, come and do an aerial survey of your property and then get you linked up with several solar panel installation people. So go green and uh, good luck with your startup. Next question came from Nate Tomasi here in Kansas City with Mycroft.ai, who, by the way, just closed a very healthy funding round that was oversubscribed. Uh, we might need to see if we can get those guys in here. But, you know, Nate, thank you for your support. Uh, probably one of the more entertaining comments I've had from a listener. He said, I'm addicted to this podcast. So if you need help, I'm not sure where you can get it, but we do appreciate the support. So, How do we, how do we make this his favorite episode? Well, we, we, I think we might have just shouted him out here, but, you know, thanks for that support and thanks for your activity in the Startup Hustle Chat. Nate would like to hear some comments about purposeful culture building and more specifically, like, what are some of the things that our teams or we think teams should live by and, you know, like some of the unwritten boundaries that go with that? I think that when it comes to, when it comes to you know, building a team, and, you know, I, I've been around so many startups that have so much crap that seems like a reason to not work that I honestly wonder, like, how do you guys do anything? Like, they're like, oh, we've just installed a bowling alley and uh, nine foosball tables and six pinball machines. And, you know, and, and I think that's great. We want to have fun when we work. But I think that for me... I like to give people on my team a vested interest in our success. Like if there's no reason for you to feel great about us being successful, other than the feeling of being successful and like, Hey, we won. I think it limits some of the, you know, potential upside 
And, you know, some, I think different people are just wired different ways. Like some people might be more motivated by a foosball table than they are by, you know, a hundred bucks, but I'm not one of them. Well, I think some of those little perks are some of the advantages of working at a startup, right? Like flexible time yeah. or having an Xbox or whatever it is. Um, but I think ultimately people want to know if they're winning or losing, right? Especially yeah. they took the risk to come join the startup. Right. They want to know, are, are we making progress? Are we winning? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And I think as a young company, that's a message you have to keep reiterating over and over because even as a company, you're still trying to figure that out. Your employees don't understand it, right? Like, why are we doing this? What is the problem we're trying to solve? What do our customers think? What, where are we winning? Talking about um, wins with your customers, and you have some uh, being a you, cheerleader. Yeah, you that, have, right? and you have some ways of celebrating victories. I think it's important in these cultures to celebrate the victories, even if it's just like, you know, where you stop and you're like, "Woo!" you know, we did this and we made it to here. We made it to there. And, you know, like um, in my first business, you know, which was a, an event ticketing company, we sometimes had these big days that, you know, we just sold everything under the sun and I would literally hand out hundred dollar bills. Nice. And you know, nothing made my employees feel better about, cause here's the thing on those big days, it, it wasn't exactly fun. Like it was mayhem. So what makes it feel a little better? Oh, here's a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> you know, and, and certain things like that. And every time we would hit specific volume or profit margins or something within a given amount of time, I'd give out hundreds. I literally had an envelope of hundred dollar bills in my desk for that very purpose. Can I come work for you? No, I yeah, want to still have hundred dollars. I want to come work for you because I think one of the things that's awesome about Stackify is you guys do catered lunch. We do have catered lunches. We do. And I think that's really awesome. It's and it's perfect. not it's not like bologna sandwiches or anything. It's like good food. Usually it's pretty good. Um, yeah. It's all it's all over the place. But the, the other thing that we do, uh, we, we started this trend a while back. If we signed up a certain number of customers in a day. <laughs> I was uh, going to let you say we, not me. We would all get together and have a <laughs> shot of Fireball. So we have uh, a lot of empty bottles of Fireball around here. Yeah. Because what could go wrong? Uh, is there some way we can tie this into podcasting? Like we do a certain number of podcast episodes a week. We do no. a shot of Fireball. No, you know I don't drink a whole lot. Um, or you'll give me a $100 bill. The last time I drank was when you gave me a bottle of gin for Christmas. And uh, yeah, it was thank thank you. <laughs> but yeah, th you know, but these are these little things that, you know, are kind of fun. And, and they can be moments that you kind of bond with the people that you work with. And especially if you're the owner or the founder, like, for example, I talked about handing out $100 bills. Well, part of the reason I did that, too, was the fact that everybody in the business clearly knew that that was a huge windfall right, day for me. So, you know, if we're going to make a giant stack of cash, isn't it probably fair to you know, dish a little bit out to the people that help stack that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody likes to partake in the, in the winning. Now on the flip side of that as well, we did have a bonus pool every month. And if we made mistakes that cost money, it would subtract directly from that bonus pool. And like with the ticket stuff, you, know, you can only sell a set of tickets to one person or, you know, sometimes they get mixed up and, you know, that was very rare. But when we had, uh, you know, loss, 
instances, it would actually come straight out of the bonus pool. And sometimes, you know, we would even add to that if we had a, another great month. But that's more of the, you know, that that purposeful culture building is I, I personally like to give people a reason to care about the success other than just feeling like a winner. Well, I think it's important to build those strong ties and, and bonds with your key employees for sure. And, you know, in the past, we, you know, we've done special things for employees that were like Christmas gifts or um, like somebody was sick and we still paid them or whatever. Yeah. And those sort of bonds like make people like eternally grateful you get a, yeah, the, um, and that's to work thing. for right. you and your company. Right? right. And those moments, as a I want you to want to participate in what we're doing. I want you to get up in the morning and not be like, Ugh. I think some of the other things that are related to culture is just the culture of working at a startup is very different. And we, we actually, I was in a management meeting today and this, this topic came up and of, um, you know, some of the development team is nervous about making a new feature and just kind of throwing it out there. Yeah. Right. Where if you're, I think, I don't even think it's necessarily startup related anymore. I mean, that's just part of software is you're constantly creating new things. You're throwing them out there uh, for testing, get people to get feedback. But for some people, like that's a huge culture change like that to the, to them, they see that as, as risky or, you know, not doing things the right way or whatever, but you, you, you got to have the right culture of people or, well, or here's build the, that culture. Well, here's the thing it. is not nine happy customers won't say shit. And one pissed off one's going to say enough for all 10. Right. And especially when you have people that work in, in areas like that do customer support and stuff like that. No one, no one dials up support and says, you know what? I just really want to tell you, I love your product. And it's well, really amazing. Some of those people, they, that's all they get. And like, even developers are like that too. Like, it's just like problem, problem, problem. Some problem, are very problem. cynical. Yeah. I mean, so we, we, you know, along the same lines, we're talking about this, this big new feature we're planning and which is going to be like the heart and soul of, of kind of what we're doing going forward. And immediately, you know, some of the developers start digging in of all the problems with it and like, well, what about this? What about this? Like they come up with a thousand reasons of why we shouldn't do it and why we're going to fail. And it's like, mm. quit this shit, right? Yeah, like, like that. But that's part of the culture of you got you to build into the people of like, no, we're, we're going to try this. We're going to figure it out and not getting pulled down by some of the, the, the thinking that might have existed at other big corporations, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, another thing too, and I think it's important to address this because, you know, one of the things that, that Nate had brought up was unwritten boundaries. And sometimes these things can actually backfire on you a little bit. And I've had that too. Like I've actually created, you know, I, I mentioned how having employees have a vested interest in our success. Well, what happens when the success isn't there? And, you know, I, I have had some instances in the past where I had employees that were almost still expecting bonuses and stuff like that when we hadn't had a good quarter. Bonus means extra. There needs to be extra to hand around or there needs to be something that's not completely abysmal. And so a lot of that comes back to communication, yeah. right? Clear lines of communication of managing expectations of what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, when we're going to do it just making sure everybody is up to speed on, on those things. And, and set, so, so it's not set, setting your goals and expectations, like make them clear cut. You can't just say, Hey, if we have a good quarter, I'm going to hand out bonuses. And you know, another thing too, is, you, you know, be careful. I, I don't, I hate making promises. Well, the people only, don't like uncertainty. The only thing I can promise you is that things will change. That's the only promise that I can make 
to you and often will. I'm just I'm still waiting for waiting to see you build wings. I'm well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's things that fortunately we have the wings assembled and we have started an upward pattern in a few things. It was actually a pretty good week for Gigabooks, so I'm pretty excited about that. And by the way, thanks to the people that have listened to this show and signed up for it. It's there there have been a few and I think that's cool. Um, if you do that, if you listen to the show and you sign up for Gigabook, send me a message. I'll extend your free trial for a little bit. Um, make sure you st- check out Stackify, too. It sure will save you a lot of time and heartache as opposed to uh, tracking down problems by yourself. Well, that's it, Matt. We had a couple questions. Yeah. You ready for the best part? I get to lay on your couch and you're going to answer my questions. That's now. after the podcast. But the best part is, is I'm going to send both of these guys <laughs> a Respect the Hustle t-shirt and a couple free books. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Th- these are uh, amazing shirts. They're the softest shirt that I've ever worn. This is the second one that I've worn today. For some reason, the first one wasn't working. I don't want to know why you had to switch shirts. It smelled like old laundry. I'm going to have to take that up with okay. my wife. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm just going to leave that one. Matt's giving me a weird look. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one alone. That's why I got a whole box of these things. Anyway, you'll get a new shirt, not a used one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, hey, thanks to Nate Tomasi at Mycroft.ai and Sinue Montoya at DroneQuote.net. Looking forward to more questions, and we'll do this again for you another time. See you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.